This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the Money Nerds podcast, where owning a calculator, budgeting your money, and having a net worth is actually cool. I'm your host, Whitney Hansen, and each week I'll be chatting with inspiring people to learn their secrets to financial success. Now let's dive into the show. There comes a time in everybody's life where we start to feel very focused, we're very motivated, we're feeling like we're getting good traction with our finances, and then all of a sudden, something happens. It's not an instantaneous thing, it's a very gradual progress, where eventually you wake up, and one day you realize you are exhausted, you're burned out. You have no energy to do the things that you used to do. You feel very overwhelmed. This is a classic burnout symptom. And one of the things that I really hope to discuss today is this concept of burnout specifically with our finances and how we can overcome that or how we can start to maybe even identify what burnout is before we officially hit that that level because it's really hard to combat. So today's conversation is going to be a really good overview of what burnout is, different models of burnout, there's different uh, strategies, philosophies around it. And ultimately, if you identify as feeling burned out, what you can do about it and how you can continue progressing with your finances so that you don't feel overwhelmed any longer. So that's what today's conversation is going to be. Now, why we're talking about this today is because I recently noticed that I was experiencing a lot of burnout myself. And you might have even have seen this in the podcast. I was really ambitious and I started with three episodes per week. And then pretty soon I gradually reduced to two. And then now it's back down to one with the hopes of going back to five tip Fridays. Now I'm being really transparent here. I'm a human. And frankly, I was getting exhausted. I was getting burned out. I went through quite a bit of stuff in my personal life and that really affected my energy levels, no doubt about it. So I started to notice this over the past, I would say year, where I just wasn't feeling like myself. I'm normally a very energetic person. I usually am like a total go-getter. And while I still am, something just didn't feel right to me. It wasn't my normal, typical self. And so I started to do a lot of reflecting to think like, where did where did this come from? When did I start having these feelings? And ultimately, I couldn't identify a single moment. So when I started doing more research into what I was feeling, I was like, I don't feel depressed. I know I'm not a depressed person. But what's going on? That's when I came across this concept of burnout. 
Burnout is an interesting concept. It was actually coined by a doctor who's an American psychologist, Herbert Freudenberger, in the 1970s. And so this was used to describe doctors and nurses and people in the medical field during that time. And ultimately, what they were describing is what could appear as a depressive state, but wasn't really a depressive state. It was the burnout phase. And what this looked like was exhaustion and inability to cope with daily tasks. So this is what led Dr. Freudenberger to do some more research into what burnout was and how often it comes up and all of that kind of stuff. Now, the interesting thing is people that experience burnout, generally speaking, tend to be in caring professions or caring environments where they are caregivers in some capacity. So that could be teachers, it can be medical professionals, it can be um child care providers, it can be coaches, it can be anybody who is dealing with taking on other people's problems or trying to be a sole provider for care in some way or another. Those types of people tend to be more prone to burnout. Now burnout again is it's feeling like you just you don't have enough. You don't have enough motivation. You don't have enough energy. You don't care enough. Like it's it's an overall feeling that's very different than stress. So stress is feeling like you have too much on your plate and burnout is feeling like you don't have enough motivation, energy, or care. So it's a very, very different thing. Now is probably a good time for me to remind you, I am by no means a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a counselor. I am just somebody who's personally interested in burnout and just sharing a little bit about what I'm learning. And hopefully it will spark a conversation for you. If any of this resonates with you, it can be a good sign that, hey, maybe it's time to advance this conversation with somebody who is way more qualified to talk on this than I am. I just want to give you some tidbits and some findings into like what's helping me and what I'm currently going through. And so maybe it will help you as well. So let's talk specifically about budget or finance burnout, because I think this is very relevant to what we are all experiencing, especially in today's world. It seems like every single day you look at the news, something's going wrong. Inflation's at a crazy high. The stock market is going down. We're facing a potential war. Like there's so much stuff going on that it's no wonder we feel constantly overwhelmed. So when it comes to financial burnout, here are some signs and symptoms that I thought were really good. And I didn't create these, but I totally agree with them. This is from an article off of moneymentors.ca. It says one of the signs is you're constantly thinking about your budget or lack thereof. That's a big one. Feeling stressed about where your money's coming from and where it's going. Constantly feeling guilty, exhausted, depressed, or overwhelmed by your finances. Feeling cynical or apathetic towards your financial goals. That's a really important one too, because I think a lot of times I see people feel very excited about paying off debt and then they get into that process and might not guard their energy as best as possible. And then they experience this cynicism with their financial goals. Another sign of this is lack of sleep or increased anxiety just thinking about money. So if you are experiencing some of these things, let's start talking about some of the different stages of burnout and then ultimately what we can do with your finances and then your overall life to help you through this this really not so fun time. But before I dive into five stages of burnout, let's hear a quick word from today's sponsor. 
You're ready to make the leap and turn your passion into profit, but you need the right team to make it happen. Indeed makes it easy to hire and build a team with the right skills to make your dreams a reality. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is a hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you every step of the hiring process. You can find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. I really like virtual interviews because it saves you time. You can message, schedule, and interview top talent seamlessly all in one place. Indeed makes it easy for you to connect with your applicants. You don't need to install anything extra, and Indeed's virtual interviews work for from your browser. You can do it all in one place with Indeed. Start hiring right now with the $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your post at indeed.com slash money nerds. Offers valid through March 31st. Go to indeed.com slash money nerds to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash money nerds. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. So when I started doing some more research into burnout, I really came across this one form of study that is all about five stages of burnout. And I think it's really good and really resonated with me and might resonate with you too. So I found a great article that was summarized by Integris Health. This is integrisok.com is the website. And one of the things that they started to really detail out that I'm going to read to you that I thought was really helpful is the different five stages. So let me first tell you the five stages, and then we'll go through each of these in detail. The first stage is honeymoon phase. The second stage is onset of stress phase. The third stage of burnout is chronic stress. The fourth is burnout phase, and the fifth is habitual burnout phase. So let's go through these starting with the honeymoon phase. The honeymoon phase is really interesting because much like in a marriage, this stage comes with a lot of energy, a lot of optimism, a lot of excitement. And so that usually comes from maybe a new job, or maybe we start a new budgeting technique, or we're just getting our stuff together with our finances. It's new, it's exciting, and we're really stoked to try something different. And so because we're so excited, that energy can often lead into a lot of productivity. You're actually getting a ton of stuff done during this honeymoon phase and you're feeling very creative and excited and you're taking on a lot of new things because you can truly handle it in that phase. That is the honeymoon phase. That's the really exciting piece. Now, the second stage of burnout is this onset of stress phase. So this is essentially when that honeymoon phase starts to to die down. That's when you start to experience stress. Now, it's not constant stress. It's not something where like every second of the day you're feeling like, oh my God, I'm so stressed out. It's not that at all. It's actually little bits of stress here and there. There's occasionally these times where you'll start to notice physical or even mental signs of stress. So it can be physically, you can be more tired. That's when that can set in. Maybe you're not sleeping as well. Occasionally, you don't really seem to enjoy activities outside of work. And the emotional or the mental side of that is you start to lose focus more easily or be less productive when you're completing tasks. So this is all when you transition into the onset of stress phase. Now, the chronic stress phase is really quite a dangerous phase because it's a good indicator that like your body's trying to tell you, hey, look out, be aware that something is going on. But this third stage, this chronic stress phase is really where you start to reach a point where stress becomes more persistent or chronic. 
As pressure mounts, stress is likely to consistently affect your work. And according to this article, it says examples include feelings of apathy, not completing work on time, being late for work or procrastinating during tasks. Socially, you might withdraw from normal work-related conversations. In other cases, you might become angry and lash out at coworkers. Sometimes these feelings also follow you home and they affect your relationships with friends and family. And so think about it from a financial standpoint. During this chronic stress phase, this is where you start to maybe miss payments or you start to just lose sleep more consistently or you're just constantly feeling a little extra on edge or you're getting more frustrated at your partner for spending money outside of the budget and what you guys agreed upon. That's where this stuff is really going to start showing up. Now, it's not like, oh, I'm occasionally stressed. It's chronic stress. You're constantly feeling worried or feeling implications of that stress with your finances. The next phase is the fourth phase, which is the burnout phase. This is where you have officially reached your limit and you can no longer function as you normally would. This is where problems really begin to consume you to the point where you obsess over them. So this stage to me is where you really need to do some serious evaluation, almost like a total stop switch, because this is where things are going to get really bad if you don't change them. And according to the same article, it says at times you will feel numb and experience extreme self-doubt. Physical symptoms become intense. It leads to chronic headaches, stomach issues, gastrointestinal problems. Friends and family members may also notice behavioral changes. That's all when you're going through this burnout phase. This, again, is where you're going to start seeing true problems at work, and they're going to consume you to the point where you obsess over them. Now, that phase is bad enough. Like, I don't think anybody wants to get to that phase by any means. But the last phase is pretty rough, too. This is the habitual burnout phase. I think just from seeing these different stages, I do believe that more people than we would like to admit are in this habitual burnout phase. I think it's really dangerous. Um, According to this article, it says if left untreated, burnout can become a part of your everyday life and eventually lead to anxiety or depression. You can also begin to experience chronic mental and physical fatigue that prevents you from working. Your job status may put you in jeopardy if you continue on this path. This is really dangerous stuff. So this is the five different stages of burnout. And while I thought this was a really good illustration of five simple stages to kind of recognize where you're at, honeymoon, onset of stress, chronic stress, burnout phase, and habitual burnout phase, I think this is really good. There's also another point of research. This is actually by Herbert Fredenberger and Gail North. And this is 12 phases of stress syndrome. And I think this is really interesting too, because these 12 phases of stress syndrome are kind of pre-indications of burnout. And so let me quickly go through these 12 things too, just to give you more of an idea of what you might be experiencing and kind of normalize it if you're going through this. The first is excessive drive and ambition. This is common for people starting a new job, undertaking a new task, too much ambition, believe it or not, can actually lead to burnout. This is something that I resonate with because I'm a very type A person. I'm a very driven person. And that can certainly lead to not very good things because 
the second stage or phase of this burnout model is pushing yourself to work harder. Ambition pushes you to work harder. You take on more, you say yes more. And that leads to the third phase, which is neglecting your own needs. You begin to sacrifice self-care like sleep, exercise, and eating well. And this is going to be linked in the show notes too. This is from an article from healthline.com. The fourth phase is displacement of conflict. Instead of acknowledging that you're pushing yourself to the max, we tend to blame other people. We blame our boss. We blame the job. We blame our colleagues. We blame our partner. We blame our family. We're blaming everybody else except for seeing that, you know, maybe we're just going a little too hard right now. The fifth phase is no time for non-work related needs. You start to say, I don't have time for this. You start to say, I I can't do any of these parties. I can't go to movies. I can't do, I don't know, freaking bowling league that you might've loved so much. We start to just really withdraw from family and friends. And that is a not good because that leads to feeling like the people that we care the most about are kind of a burden in our lives. The sixth phase is denial. Impatience with those around you starts to mount during this phase. Instead of taking responsibility for your behaviors, you blame others. We see them as incompetent. We see them as lazy or even overbearing. The seventh phase is withdrawal. You begin to withdraw from your family and friends. Social invitations to parties, movies, dinner dates, it starts to feel much more burdensome instead of enjoyable. Now, the eighth phase is behavioral change. This is on the road to burnout and may become more aggressive. You might find yourself snapping at loved ones for no reason. The ninth phase is depersonalization, feeling detached from your life and your ability to control your life. You feel like you're just going through the motions, you know, stuff's happening to you and you don't really have a whole lot of say of what can go on in your life. The 10th phase is this inner emptiness or anxiety. It's feeling empty or anxious. You may turn to thrill-seeking behaviors to cope with emotions. That could be substance abuse. It can be gambling, overeating, overspending. It can be a lot of different coping mechanisms that aren't necessarily healthy. Now, the 11th phase is depression. This is where life loses its meaning. You start to feel hopeless. Um, You feel like you just don't have a point of life anymore. That's a really, really scary place to be. And then the 12th is mental or physical collapse. And this is your uh, inability to cope. It impacts your mental health. And in some cases, you might even need uh, serious medical attention. So these are all of the different signs of burnout. I think from the two different models, from the five stages and then the 12 phases of burnout, I think you probably now have a much better idea of where you stand. So let's talk about what the heck do we do? So if you find yourself in this situation, where where do we go next? What do we turn to? We feel overwhelmed. We feel burned out. Um, we're talking about finances, but of course, your finances and that burnout feeling definitely affects your entire life. And sometimes it's vice versa. Sometimes it's job burnout that affects your finances. It's rarely just one thing. And so I want to really give you some some good information that can help you if you are experiencing any of these burnout phases. Now, please do know, again, I'm going to reiterate this again. I am not a psychologist. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a therapist. I am just sharing information that I am finding. So if this resonates with you and you feel like you are maybe past the point of burnout and maybe you're even feeling a bit of the depression and that mental and physical manifestation of stress, I would highly encourage you to reach out to a qualified professional. 
Now, this is somebody who is trained in burnout. It's somebody who can truly give you unbiased advice and qualified, educated advice and opinions. So I would really reach out to a psychologist or a counselor or therapist or just somebody that you can trust and just chat with about this because they're going to be able to give you much better guidance because it could be you think it's burnout, but it's actually something deeper. Again, not a psychologist. So I really would suggest that you reach out for help. But these are just some talking points. And here's the way I personally approach this in my own life. If I can't seem to fix this on my own, and I give myself a timeline. So for me with burnout, I said, if I can't get feeling a little bit more productive, getting some of my energy back, feeling like I have more control of my life within three months, I'm going to go get professional help because I I can't continue on with my life that way. Like that's a crappy way to live, especially when you know what you are capable of and you've had high energy levels. It's not a fun place to be. So that was what I personally said. So here is what I have found research that supports. Here's the suggestions to work through some of these stress situations, these burnout phases, so that you don't get to that burnout phase or the habitual burnout phase. It's hopefully getting you there before, way before you get to that point. And the first thing it comes down to is solid boundaries. Now, this is with our finances and within the workplace and our personal relationships, but it is being very intentional about not taking on too much. We are humans. We are not designed to be machines. We cannot go, 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 go all the time. There's some people, I have seriously met these people that can do that. And man, it's impressive. But I would say pretty much all of us are not designed to live that way. We're not designed for the 40-hour work weeks. We're not designed for the constant go, go, go. We have to have solid boundaries on what we can actually take on. And then being very careful about, remember, during that honeymoon phase, we're more likely to want to take on more work because we're excited. It's new. It's a new project, new task. And so we have different energy levels, but being really careful about that so that it doesn't lead to that onset of stress, where that becomes more of your norm, and then it leads to the chronic stress. So don't take on too much, really guard yourself and be very intentional with your time by setting those clear boundaries. The second thing to do, nobody likes to hear this, but it really does matter. And that is exercise and eating a good diet. So much of our energy levels and our chronic stress and just the way we feel and the fatigue and all of that stuff really does come down to how are we treating our bodies. Now, it's not always the case, but I would say for the most part, it does come down to that. I notice that for myself. If I'm feeling a little bit off, it's either because I have drank way too much coffee and not enough water, or my diet's off, or I'm not getting enough movement and exercise. So that's usually a good indication. My body will literally tell me, yo, get moving. We need to like do something. It is a very good reminder. Your body will tell you so much if you just pay attention to it. The next one is good sleep habits. Now, this is uh, good for preventative, not so great if you're already in that losing sleep because you're stressed about your finances constantly. That is not going to help you as much, but if you are not to that level, getting good sleep habits in place, going to bed at a consistent time, no screens in your room, not being on your phone right before bed, blackout curtains if you need it, just like really setting up your environment so that you can get an optimal amount of sleep so that you can perform your best and feel your best. Now, again, if that's not where you're at and you have not been sleeping very good, that's when you should probably reach out to a professional to help you with that so they can help you understand what's going on within your body and your mind. 
The next thing that I personally do is I ask for help. Whenever I feel like I am getting totally burned out, I will ask for help. And I highly encourage you to do the same thing. This is especially true of our finances. I notice a lot of people in relationships, especially is where I see this. They feel like even though you're on the same team and you have two people working together, it feels like you're trying to do all of the heavy lifting on your own. And in fact, I would say most of the coaching clients that I work with are single or feel as if they are single in their relationship and they are tired of it. It's exhausting. They feel like they're constantly making all the financial decisions. They're trying to hold up the ship, so to speak, and their partner doesn't care at all. Like could easily spend all the money and wouldn't give two craps about it. And so they're constantly trying to figure out how do I do this on my own? And sometimes you don't. Sometimes you do have to bring in help and you have to hire a financial coach or a counselor or a marriage therapist or whatever it might be to help you navigate those steps and ultimately remind you that you're not alone in your journey, even though it feels super lonely. So asking for help is something I have to do. It's something I think we all have to do. Nobody can do everything in life on their own. And even if you can, that sucks. (laughs) It's not a good feeling. So definitely ask for help if you need it. The next thing that I personally do when I'm experiencing some type of burnout is low information diets. I don't know if you've heard of this before, but whenever I feel like I'm consuming so much information, I'm reading the news, I'm scrolling Instagram, I'm on TikTok, I'm going through my email 24-7. Whenever I'm doing that kind of stuff, it doesn't support me. It actually makes me feel worse and it makes me feel more overwhelmed. So I have had to go on a low info diet. And what that looks like is pushing pause in some of my self-help podcasts, my audiobooks, all of that stuff, and just giving myself a break from consuming information. And that is something that I recommend for you too, which is really hard for me to say as a podcast host, but sometimes you do have to walk away from the content and just give your mind a break. For finances specifically, what to do if you're feeling that burnout is to take away some of the decision making. Anytime we make a decision, it exhausts us. It's it's a little tiny step that is so tiring. And so one of the ways that you can remove all of those extra thought processes is to automate your finances. We talk about this so much on this podcast because it matters so much. You only have so much energy. Do you actually want to spend that time saying to yourself, did I pay my power bill or is my internet bill going to get shut off this month? I don't remember how much my house payment was. Did I even pay that? Nobody has time for that. So automate your finances as much as you possibly can to just take that off of your plate. The other thing that I really loved so much is learning how to work during your peak energy hours. This is going to sound kind of weird, but it's working during what's called your green zones. Now, I recently read a book called At Your Best, and it basically talks about regaining control of your life, your productivity, and working through burnout. And part of that is just rearranging your schedule so that you're doing the most important tasks when you have the most energy. For most people, that's between 7 a.m. and 11 a.m. So it's really structuring your workday so you're not checking email during that time, you're not taking phone calls, you're truly just working on what's most important to you during that time. Now here's the crazy thing. If you think about it, most of us are scrolling through social media, checking our email, and reading the news during that time. 
we're not doing the things that take the most energy. Now, it sucks our energy and it drains it, but that's not your most productive stuff. And so I thought that was really interesting, too, is really being aware of your energy zones and rearranging your schedule so that it is a little bit more conducive for that. So how this could work for your finances is if you know you're most productive in the mornings, first thing in the morning, look at your finances, update your budget, check in with your financial goals. That's what that would look like. Now, two more points before we officially start wrapping up this burnout conversation of what to do when you're feeling burned out or preventing burnout is to avoid being too strict for too long. I see this a lot with budgets. We eventually hit budget burnout. So for me, here's when I was paying off my debt, I had to be really honest with myself and my personality type and say, am I the type of person that can pay a little extra on my debt and work two jobs for quite some time and side hustle and be okay with that and just keep my debt around a little bit longer while I still invest? That to me sounded kind of exhausting. And I know for some people that sounds like balance. Again, this is like everyone's so different and everyone's so unique. But for me, that seemed like a little bit more draining. And so I had to do the the decision to do more of a sprint model with my financial goals, where it's like I will be in a deep period of productivity for a short period of time. Like short meaning three to six months, my debt payoff lasted for 10 months, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend you do it for that long. And so that was me actively side hustling, working two jobs, putting all of my money towards my debt and doing that for a short period of time. Once my debt was paid off, I actually continued doing that, which is probably why I got a little bit burned out. And I should have stopped and immediately refocused on my financial goals and had this like period of a break. Now I do that really well. At that time, I didn't. I just thought I was a monster and could just like (laughs) burn through anything, which turns out I can't. I'm human. So just be really aware of your limitations and try not to be too strict for too long, specifically with your budget. It is okay to work into your budget some fun money if you can afford it, truly. I know that not everybody can afford it, and sometimes even that is a luxury that a lot of people don't understand either. But if you can, work some of that into your budget. Give yourself permission to enjoy spending money on things that you like. Now, that doesn't mean go crazy. It doesn't mean go spend all your money on crap you think that will make you happy but really doesn't. That's not at all what I'm saying. But allowing yourself to maybe have like $50 in your coffee budget. Maybe it's a couple hundred dollars a month towards eating out. Maybe you allow yourself to get a massage once a month. It's letting yourself enjoy some of those daily pleasures and still spending without feeling like you are on such a strict budget that you can't spend money on anything. Um, It's a very different sentiment. And the last tip that I have for avoiding burnout is to guard your attention. Be so careful. I strongly believe that, and this is totally anecdotally because I've seen it in my own life. So I would be curious if it's true for you as well. When my screen time on my phone is at peak levels, like there were some days where my screen time was like at six hours for a day. Now, to be fair, uh, I'm not even going to justify it. It was, it's too high, whether it's business or not, like it really shouldn't, that's too much screen time, frankly. And so I noticed that when I was spending six hours on my phone, I was feeling way more burned out. I was feeling overwhelmed. I felt like my energy was drained. I was feeling unfocused. And that's not a good place to be. But when I have monitored my screen time actively 
And it's almost an addiction. I had to like put my phone in a totally separate room. I started to notice that I was getting some energy back to do the things that I actually cared about. So that is some of my lessons that I've learned on burnout, hopefully some tips that you can implement into your own life. And ultimately, financial burnout is a very, very real thing. It is a very real thing. And I think for most of us, we will probably experience that at some point in our lives if we aren't careful. But hopefully, you now know the five stages of burnout, you understand the 12 different phases or different signs to look out for. And what to do so you can maintain your self-care and your your health, really. So hopefully you don't get to that point. But if you do, I, again, I would encourage you to go talk with a professional that can help you understand what you're going through and see if you truly are going through a burnout. That is all I've got for you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, do me the biggest favor, leave a five-star review on whatever podcast player you're listening to. And if you want to do me the biggest favor, then share this with somebody you care about. Take a screenshot of it, share it on Instagram. I'm at Whitney underscore Hanson underscore co. Come say hi and let me know that you're listening in. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you and I hope you're doing okay. I will see you next week for another episode of the Money Nerds Podcast. Bye. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.